What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Power Suite podcast presented by North Coast Sports. I'm Antonio, once, Antonio Castro, once again joined uh, by my esteemed colleague, Chris Van Dyne, two of the handicappers here at North Coast Sports. Uh, before we dive into this week's slate of games, just want to remind everybody that uh, we are very excited to announce this weekend, actually two Game of the Months going on. Not only do we have our college side Game of the Month going on, but we also have our NFL Game of the Month going on. Those big games already, 4-1 and one, uh, this year. Uh, just uh, just on fire, and uh, you can get both the the college game of the month and the NFL game of the month, uh, as long as well as all of our star rated plays for as low as get this only a hundred and nine dollars. Again, you can get both those plays plus all of our other star rated plays on Saturday and Sunday for as low as $109. Give us a call in the office. We can tell you how you can take advantage of that special. 1-800-654-3448. one 654 3448 Off a uh, college power sweep weekend that saw our star rated plays go a perfect 5-0 last week. Uh, let's get right into it this week. We've got a number of games that we've highlighted and circled that we wanted to talk to you about. Um, we're going to go a couple of SEC games we wanted to touch on, Tennessee and South Carolina. Also going to dive into uh, one of our Power Sweep uh, special plays, our underdog play of the week. We haven't mentioned this uh, this year yet, but we're going to talk about the Texas A&M-Mississippi State game. We're going to go into the Big 12 and talk about Kansas State-Oklahoma. Pac-12 is going to feature Washington State and Stanford, the Big 10, Iowa and Penn State. And then uh, we wanted to go on a little rivalry action for our uh, group of five game and we went with the border war which is a friday night game colorado state at wyoming so we're going to talk about that game as well but first and foremost uh like we always do we always touch on the uh, sec game that that we want to take a look at first and this week is going to go with tennessee at South Carolina, uh, no line to open up the uh, th- this game because of the quarterback situation with Gorantano being a question mark early in the week. Now the line is uh, South Carolina laying eight and a half. Uh, seems like a lot of points to me, Chris, but uh, Gorantano, from what I was looking at, seems like he is going to be able to go. You would know more about this than I will, so I'll ask you about that uh, with your knowledge of the SEC, of course. But um, one thing that I that I did know for sure, uh, Chris, when I'm looking at this game is, you know, you look at South Carolina, they have a good quarterback in Bentley. Uh, but then when I looked at a, a little bit inside of his numbers, because I was looking at the, the matchup, quarterback Bentley against Tennessee's pass defense. I know Tennessee's pass defense doesn't look that good. They're allowing a 14 to 5 ratio overall. So I really wanted to dive into those numbers and see what was going on. When I looked at Bentley, though, I wasn't that impressed because in his four SEC games this year, Bentley completing just 57% of his passes with a 6-7 to seven ratio. Then when I went over and looked at Tennessee's pass defense and really wanted to dig into them and see, okay, what's going on with them allowing this 14-5 to five ratio, I looked and I saw, well, 
against uh, quarterbacks not named Will Greer or uh, Tago Vailoa, the Vols are just allowing 54% completions and only a 5-5 to ratio. So I don't think this Tennessee pass defense is that bad. I think they match up well with, with South Carolina and quarterback Bentley. I, I'd gladly take Tennessee plus, plus over a touchdown. Well, you mentioned Bentley struggles a little bit, and uh, the one thing that South Carolina people were actually a little disappointed after the Missouri game when Michael Scarnecchia came in for that game and started and uh, beat Missouri. People in South Carolina were a little disappointed that Bentley got the starting job back the following week. Uh, Scarnecchia played well against Missouri. He's a senior, and Bentley's the experienced guy, and you know he's been around a couple years. But he hasn't played well this year, like you mentioned. So uh, it was surprising to see the uh, Gamecock faithful kind of turn on him because he's been the, the the beloved guy the last couple of years. And now there's some questions about whether there should be a quarterback competition in Columbia, so uh, or um, in uh, South Carolina. So yeah. uh, it, it's tough to say whether uh, whether Bentley is going to keep performing like that, but. He has not played to the potential that everyone thought he had in South Carolina coming in, you know, a couple years ago when he started as an 18-year-old true freshman that skipped a senior year of high school. Uh, this series has always been close. Uh, the last six have been decided by six points or less. Tennessee's been on the uh, both ends of upsets, so uh, the Vols are used to playing as this game as a dog as well as being favored, and it seems like every year, no matter who the favorite is, the dog plays better than you expect in this game. And you, you mentioned Garantano's injury. It does look like I think he'll play. Uh, it, it, he probably could have come back in the game last week, but it was a blowout already. And then Keller Chris started playing well. He threw two touchdowns against that Alabama defense in the first half. So the, the nice thing for Tennessee is they have two guys that you can count on as quarterbacks. And Chris had success at Stanford, 11-2 uh, record as a starter, I believe. So he had a, a lot of success there. And they have Garantano, who had his best game just a couple weeks ago, don't forget, when he threw for over 300 yards against Auburn and really looked like the, uh, the, the quarterback that everyone expected him to be coming out of high school when he was a highly recruited guy. Uh, I'm very impressed by Garantano's poise. He keeps his head down despite the fact that he uh, gets hit a lot. And that's part of the problem for Tennessee this year is the offensive line has had a lot of breakdowns and pass protection, and uh, it's gotten him laid out a few times. And, but he's stood in there and taken it, but he's got to be a little more mindful. Of, he can't take those kind of shots if he wants to stay in there a quarterback. But Tennessee has two good quarterbacks, like I mentioned, that they can count on. Uh, the one thing the Vols have had, had trouble with this year, running between the tackles, this team was not built to run between the tackles under Butch Jones. They were built to be an edge-rushing team. And Jeremy Pruitt trying to get them to run between the tackles, so they've struggled with that, only running for uh, less than 70 yards in each of the last three. But those are against Alabama, Georgia, and Auburn's defensive lines. South Carolina's defensive line is not that. They're solid, though. They do have the number 30 defense or holding foes to 30, 67 yards per game below their average. Uh, Bryson Allen Williams, very good linebacker. He has nine and a half tackles for loss. I think that Tennessee keeps this game close based on the series history, based on talent levels. Tennessee's a better team than a lot of people realize. And uh, this team is capable of getting to a bowl game. 
They've got two more games that I think they should definitely win on the slate, which means they need to win one of the three games between South Carolina, Kentucky, and Missouri. I think they get one of those wins, but I don't think it comes this week. But uh, they'll keep this game within a touchdown. Series history certainly says so. Okay, let's go uh, to the Big 12 now. And uh, one of my conferences that I that I handle each and every week here at North Coast Sports, Kansas State going on the road uh, to number eight, Oklahoma. Kansas State just three and four on the year. Oklahoma, of course, six and one. Uh, neither team that well against the spread, though. Uh, Kansas State four and three, Oklahoma three and four. Line opened up at 23 and a half. Uh, it's gone up to 25. And you know what, Chris? I mean, to be honest with you, I, I just cannot figure out this Kansas State team. I mean, just for the, for the life of me. I mean, uh, one week they give up 464 yards versus West Virginia. Then they hold Texas to a season low, 339. The next week, they allow 557 yards versus Baylor, and then they hold Oklahoma State to a season low of 311 yards. So defensively, they're up and down. Offensively, they were having quarterback issues, run ball issues, an offensive line that was experienced entering the season, uh, was struggling. But I did see some improvement. Their last game before the bye was their best game of the year, and that blowout win over Oklahoma State. They've gotten some quarterback stability back, so I do like that out of Kansas State. And uh, other things that I don't know about Kansas State, I do know that they have a Hall of Fame head coach in Bill Snyder. I do know that they're off of a bye. I do know that Bill Snyder has covered 11 out of his last 12 in that role off a of bye. The lone not cover was last year as a heavy favorite. They're a heavy dog this year. Year, which is another one of uh, Bill Snyder's preferred roles in that away dog role. Um, I know that they burned a couple of you backers earlier this year against West Virginia as an away dog, but they came back and covered at Baylor as an away dog, so they have proven that they can get that away dog swagger back. Um, but uh, going in, looking to see who I was going to lean in this game, I was still undecided because Oklahoma just has such an explosive offense. Uh, until I looked at our computer, Chris, and I saw that our computer's projections uh, saw that it called for uh, Kansas State to stay within the line. Uh, I see the quarterback stability. I like Snyder off the bye. Extra time to prepare. Seems like the team's playing better. The line's up to 25 now. I'll gladly take Kansas State plus the points here. Well, interesting thing that I saw last year, Kansas State started the season three and four. They won five of their last six after their bye and got to a bowl game. And the early questions about whether this Kansas State team was uh, going to get right got answered. And remember the last year they lost early in the season to Vanderbilt and everyone was kind of like, whoa, what's, what's up with Kansas State? They bounced back. And like I said, they won five of their last six. Well, this year they're three and four again. They had their bye. They lost earlier in the season in kind of embarrassing fashion to an SEC team in Mississippi State. So it's almost like the same exact situation as last year. So uh, you, you think that after the bye week, the Kansas State, like Bill Snyder always does and you mentioned, will get it together and start playing well after their bye week. They, they were also impressive prior to their bye week. You know, you mentioned holding uh, Oklahoma State to their season low. It held them to 212 yards below the the uh, Polk season average. So that, that wasn't just holding them to a season low. They held them way below their average. Uh, and also, they only lost to Texas and Baylor by five and three points. So, you know, Texas just beat Oklahoma, and that, that was a five-point loss. Baylor has been a competitive Big 12 team all year. The Big 12 dogs seem like, you know, they're always in the game. 
you know, you're not going to find any statistical edge with uh, when you're looking at a Kansas State versus Oklahoma game because Oklahoma's got that explosive offense, number two in the nation, averaging 175 yards per game, more than their opponents are allowing. Uh, but their defense, not that great. They're only number 69 in, in yards per game allowed uh, below their opponent's average. But uh, they, they did fire their defensive coordinator prior to their TCU game, and uh, they held the Frogs to a season-low 275. TCU's quarterback got hurt in that game. So th there, there is something to be said about – Kansas State being able to score with that stability of quarterback against the Oklahoma defense. To me, this is just too many points to give a Bill Snyder team, especially when they're off a bye. I say take the points all day. Bill Snyder does this every year. No doubt about it. All right, moving from the Big 12 to the Pac-12, uh, another big uh, top 25 matchup. Number 14, Washington State off that big win last week when ESPN game day was in Pullman. Going on the road this time, though, however, going to number 24-ranked Stanford. Washington State comes in 6-1, and one, both straight up and against the spread. Stanford 5-2, and 4-3 and three against the spread. Line opened up, Washington State minus 3.5. It's gone down a half a point, still minus 3, basically a pick em, uh type of game. And... Uh, just close. I mean, Pac-12 North implications on the line. Uh, I got to wonder. I mean, this is a, a tough situation for Washington State. Off the big win, coming in on the road in the at the farm, taking on a, a, a tough Stanford team. It's still a tough team. I, I got questions. How's Washington State going to do? Are they going to fall flat after that last week performance? Or are they going to... Take that momentum that they built on last week and just come out this game Bushmaster style. And I don't I know you don't know who Bushmaster is, Chris, but you gotta you gotta look up uh Luke Cage season two and then you'll understand what I'm talking about with Bushmaster <laughs> style with Washington State. Um but you know, for Stanford it comes down to this. You know, are they gonna be able to run the ball against a Washington State team that they they've had both success and they've been uh susceptible to some run game? Uh Bryce Love. Hasn't been healthy he, uh, all season. He was a Heisman candidate candidate entering the year. He was a preseason All-American, of course, turned down the NFL potential first or second round draft pick, it seemed like, to come back to school. Hasn't lived up to it. He's just he's just been banged up. He was healthy last week a little bit. Uh, see if he gets more healthy this week. Uh, just a tough game. I got it a field goal. I got Washington State by a field goal. It's tough to lean with either side here, Chris. I'm having trouble with this one. But uh, if I got to pick a side, I'm going to go with Washington State laying, laying, uh, minus the field goal and, and, and say that they'll win by a field goal in this game. Keep that momentum going. Well, there, when I looked at this game, I saw there were reasons to like Washington State. There were reasons to like Stanford. This was a very tough game for me to call. Um, the, the common foe factor. Washington State's played Oregon, Utah, and USC. I'm sorry, Washington State and Stanford have played Oregon, uh, Utah, and USC. In those games, Washington State, plus five points per game, plus 62 yards per game. Stanford, plus about a point per game, a little less than a point per game, but minus 38 yards per game. So definitely the yardage factor points to Washington State. Uh, last week... Washington State caught Oregon coming off that huge win over Washington. You know, the Ducks were sky high thinking Pac-12 championship and going on the road to the Palouse game day. Washington State fired up, biggest game day crowd maybe ever. It was just set up for Washington State to win that game. 
Now the situation's reversed. Now Washington State's off the big win. Stanford's catching the team off the big win at home. So Stanford gets that home edge. I I can't go against the home team here given the situation. So I'm looking at the situation and saying, if all things are equal, I'll take the home team by a field goal. That's Stanford because I just feel like the situation lends itself after Washington State got that big win last week. Sounds like one of those games that, uh, if you, from a betting standpoint, better to just kind of sit back and watch this one. I think it'll be a classic. All right, let's go on to uh, Big Ten. Uh, another top 25 matchup, number 18, Iowa, going on the road to Happy Valley, taking on number 17, Penn State. Iowa coming in just on a roll, 6-1, and one, both straight up and against the spread. Penn State 5-2, and two, uh, straight up 4-3 and three against the spread. Now, Penn State opened up as a 4.5-point favorite in this game, Chris, and surprisingly, at least surprisingly to me, betting public all over Penn State. It's now up to 6.5, so you're almost getting a nearly a full touchdown if you're taking Iowa. i got to tell you, Chris, I've been impressed with Iowa this year. This team is... Is only 57 seconds away from being undefeated. They had a lead less than a minute to go uh, in, in that game uh, that they lost against Wisconsin. Ended up giving up two touchdowns in, in under a minute for a misleading final there, but they were definitely uh, in that game without a doubt. Haven't played a game all season. They've got a vastly underrated defensive line. You know, everybody talks about the Clemson defensive line and the Ohio State defensive line. Nobody talks about this Iowa defensive line. It is just tremendous, and I think they're going to be able to handle the Penn State offensive line that hasn't uh, been as consistent as James Franklin would have liked this offensive line. Before the season started, he did mention that this will be the best offensive line that he's had in his time in Happy Valley. It's been a, it's been better, but it's still been inconsistent. I have not been impressed with Penn State really all year, not since the beginning of the season. They they struggled in the opener against App State. They trailed against a bad Illinois team late third quarter. Uh, they gave up fourth quarter leads in back to back home games against Ohio State and Michigan State. They were outgained by 137 last yards last week against Indiana, an average Big Ten team. Iowa's playing the, uh, great. They're on a roll. Uh, I think they want to exact the revenge after losing last year at home in the final seconds of that game. I like Iowa. I don't even think you're going to need the points here, Chris. I think Iowa's going to pull out the outright upset and win this game uh, straight up in Happy Valley. Penn State certainly hasn't looked right this year to me, Antonio. Um, it, it seems like they just play to the level of their competition, whoever that competition is this year other than Kent State. But if you look at their games, early in the season, they barely beat Appalachian State. It was a seven-point game. Uh, they had they have two blowout wins on their resume. Uh, by score, it looks like they destroyed Illinois and Pitt. But if you look at those scores a little closer, uh, that was a game against Pitt where they were only winning 13-6 to at halftime, and they barely held a yardage edge. I think it was plus 30 yards for the game. Against Illinois, it was a three-point game in the third quarter. So, uh, you, you know, it seems like every week they play, they play to the level of whoever they play. They stepped up when they played Ohio State and almost got the win and looked really good in that game. But then the following week, they go down to the level of Michigan State. And then last week, they go down to the level of Indiana. Teams that play to the level of their competition get burned every once in a while because you can't keep doing that. Um, Iowa's defense, really good, holding teams 128 yards below their average. Penn State's defense doesn't seem like that Penn State defense of years past. 
holding teams to 23 yards per, yards per game below their average. That's number 53 in the country. Not what we're used to seeing from Penn State. I think Penn State's probably more of a top 20 D every year. Um, Miles Sanders really good, 772 yards. Penn State averaging 241 rushing yards a game. But Iowa's only allowing 80 rushing yards a game, 2.7 yards a carry. And for me, Iowa with the quarterback, uh, Stanley's got a 16 to 6 ratio, and he's got two tight ends in Fanton Hawkinson. Just named uh, a couple weeks ago the first ever tight end duo from the same team to be co Mackey Award Player of the Week. Uh, so they've got two guys who you have to always account for. I think that uh, Penn State's D just gave up 554 yards against Indiana. Could definitely be uh, prone to giving up some plays against Iowa. So I, I'm I'm completely agreeing. I think Iowa could not only stay within the line but pull off the upset. Speaking of that Mackey Award winner, I, I know a, a tight end's brother that is going to be extremely happy with that award, and I'll just leave that uh, at, uh, right there. Uh, all right, now going on to our next game from the Big Ten. We're gonna, we, went, we went group of five action, and while not a marquee matchup as far as records are concerned and, uh, you know, uh, big games, we, we wanted to look at a rivalry. We went with the Bronze Boot Trophy, the Border War, Wyoming going on the road at Colorado State. This is a, a, a huge rivalry game for both schools. Wyoming 2-6, and six, uh, both straight up and against the spread. Colorado State 4-4, four and four, both straight up and against the spread. Colorado State opened up as a three-point favorite in this game. Early money coming in on the pokes. That line is down to just one and a half. So uh, if you're back in Colorado State, basically just have to get pull out the win here. Uh, looking at this game, it's an intriguing game, despite the, the teams you know not being well-known uh, to most people out there watching. You've got a good offense versus a good defense. Colorado State, good offense. Wyoming has a pretty good defense. You also have a bad offense versus a bad defense. Wyoming, bad offense. Colorado State, bad defense. Uh, Colorado State had uh, Carter Samuels. Uh, I think he, he was benched last week. Uh, just because the blowout against Boise, I do expect him to remain the starter. I've liked what I've seen out of him so far this year. I think Colorado State can go out and, and pull this game out, win the game eh, by about a field goal. We, we, they only have to win the game. I would take Colorado State and lay the one and a half points. I think that they, I think they'll win the game. Well, you do worry when you see Colorado State off a blowout loss against Boise. Boise actually usually doesn't do that well as a home favorite. But uh, Wyoming is off a closer-than-expected game against Utah State. And it was an impressive defensive performance, as it's been all year from Wyoming, uh, holding opponents to 92 yards per game below their average. That's actually number 20 in the country. And against Utah State, they held them to 285 yards below their average. Held the Aggies to below 200 yards in that game, despite losing 24-16. to 16. Um, <clears throat> Wyoming's offense, though, it's worse than bad. It's it's pretty atrocious. It's uh, struggling. Five games putting up under 300 yards this year. Number 127 in the country by averaging 109 yards per game below what their opponents are giving up. Quar uh, the quarterback, Tyler Vanderwall, has only completed 50% on the season. Three to four ratio. Colorado State's got a very solid offense, you mentioned. They're averaging 49 yards per game, more than their opponents are, are giving up. Uh, they, they've allowed 222-plus rush yards in, in four straight earlier this year. But if you look at that Colorado State defense, they're starting to play a little better. Uh, 
Last three games, 111 rushing yards a game, 3.1 yards a carry. So they've actually cut their rushing yards per game in half over those last three games. They've got an explosive weapon on offense, and uh, Tennessee transfer Preston Williams has got 825 yards. You mentioned Carter Samuels. I was impressed with some of the things he did earlier in the year. He's a big-time transfer from Washington. I think that the Colorado State offense does just enough in this game, and the improving defense gets it done for Mike Bobo. So I've got Colorado State winning this game. And taking home that bronze boot trophy, of course. All right, yes. now going on to our, uh, we're going to do our giveaway. We've been giving away either three and three stars or two stars going back and forth from our Power Sweep newsletter. We decided to switch it up a little bit this week. Wanted to go with our underdog play of the week and use that as a giveaway. You know, the underdog play of the week is just a vastly popular uh, pick in our Power Sweep newsletter. Already three outright upset winners this year. And uh, this week's underdog play of the week was the Texas A&M uh, over Mississippi State. The early line on that game was Mississippi State minus three. Early money has gone on uh, to A&M. That line is down to now Mississippi State minus two. I don't even think you're going to need the points in this one, Chris. I look at this game and it's real easy for me. Uh, I, I see A&M, a team that can stop the run. They held arguably the best running back in the SEC, Benny Snell, to 60 yards. Uh, and then I see Mississippi State, a team that if they can't run the ball, uh, relying on Fitzgerald to, 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 to throw the ball just isn't going to work. I don't see that happening. I see Texas A&M being able to uh, stop the run, which means they're going to stop Mississippi State. A&M gets, gets the road win straight up. Don't even need the points. Well, you mentioned the underdog play of the week's done well this year. We have won four of the last five underdog plays of the week. And last week we, we – uh, picked up the one loss, and that was Navy, and if they get a two-point conversion at the end of the game, we'd have had five straight. So this this play has done very well for us, and we feel like A&M's got a lot of value here. Joe Moorhead is trying to turn Nick Fitzgerald into something he just is not, and that is a passer, a, a pocket passer at that. 47%, 4-7 ratio. He's still running the ball well, but they're so one-dimensional that in SEC play, they're just getting shut down most of the time. Um, a couple weeks ago, Kentucky played Texas A&M. Uh, Kentucky, a very similar team offensively to Mississippi State in that they have a big, athletic, running first quarterback and uh, as well as one of the better running backs in the SEC. You know, Kentucky's got Benny Snell. Mississippi State has uh, Kylan, Will Kylan Hill. Kentucky, in that game, did not cross midfield one time. They didn't pass the 50 once. Their only touchdown came on a fumble return at the end of the game that allowed the game to go to overtime because A&M's offense did struggle a little bit in, against the uh, Kentucky defense. So um, similar offense here this week. you got to think that A&M isn't going to allow them to go very far with that rushing game. Too one-dimensional. Uh, Mississippi State has a good defense. On the other side of the ball, they've got two good NFL-level NFL defensive linemen. They're holding opponents to 121 yards per game below their average. A&M's held four of their foes to season-low yards You know, on defensive. They've done very well. They've got a sound defense both against the run and the pass. Uh, so I feel like both defenses are equal. Where do you find the edge? The edge goes to A&M with the quarterback play. Of Kellen Mond, 62% in a 10 to 5 ratio, and just more playmakers with AM. 
Uh, and the guy I really like to focus on, tight end Jay Sternberger. He's a difference maker. 496 yards, over 17 yards per catch, six touchdowns. And A&M's got that deep defensive line to fall back on, only allowing 78 rushing yards a game, 3.1 yards per carry. So if Mississippi State can't run the ball, they can't win. And that's good. That's what's going to happen here. A&M will make enough plays on offense with Mon Sternberger, and, of course, they have running back Travion Williams. Aggies get the win and uh, take this another SEC game for uh, Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, we don't even think they'll need the points. All right, uh, <clears throat> that's going to do it as far as our slate of games. Again, I just want to remind you, everybody, uh, thank you for listening. Very much appreciate it. I uh, want to remind everybody about this huge weekend we have here at North Coast Sports. I mean, two Game of the Months going on this weekend, both our college side Game of the Month, our October NFL Game of the Month. Uh, we won our, our, our totals Game of the Month last week. Uh, big games, again, 4-1 and one this year. Uh, our top NFL play is 7-0 and oh this year. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that uh, the college sides and totals have gone to combined uh, 13 and 6 the last two weeks that's nearly 70 percent winners again you can get the entire weekend all the star rated plays including both of those game of the months for only 109 dollars again call us in our office to find out how you can take advantage of that special 1-800-654-3448 1-800-654-3448 Four eight two two uh, game of the months going this weekend. It doesn't get any bigger than that. Again, everybody, uh, for Chris Van Dyne and Antonio Castro. Again, appreciate you listening to another edition of the Power Sweep Podcast presented by North Coast Sports, and we'll talk to you again next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.